Hey, Marshall. Hey, Elizabeth. Do you want to talk about Lost? Absolutely. Well, that's great. That's grand. That's delightful. Because, uh, <laughs> this is Jungle of Mystery, and we're going to be talking about Lost. Specifically, Season 2, Episode 4, Everybody Hates Hugo. So, uh, Marshall, what did you think about this episode? Uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it, uh, there was a couple of reveals that really uh, I was not expecting. Yeah. So, uh, And a couple of actions I was not expecting from certain characters. Oh, for sure, yeah. I also feel like this episode is kind of a welcome, like, break in the action. <laughs> like... We have some some revelations and everything, but also, it's a Hurley episode, right? So it's kind of just like, okay, a little bit of comic relief, a little bit of heartwarming, you know, not so much intense action, which is bonkers to me that we already need a little bit of a break on episode four, but this season has been so crazy so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's not a filler episode. Oh, no, right? no. But, it, but it's, it's more of a... Like, the, the denouement has kind of happened for this first arc. Yeah. And it's it's time for, like, they're kind of going back to more exposition. It's just kind of, it's like and a it's palette nice. cleanser. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, um, our, our flashbacks revisit Hurley winning the lottery, right? It goes back to the day that he won and the scene between him and his mom I love. Yes. Um, <laughs> they get a phone call. She's, she's telling him, you know, Jesus Christ needs to come down and pick him up and get him a job and a if girlfriend you, if and you a car. Pray, if you pray enough to Jesus, he'll come down, take 200 pounds, give, you, give you a, a yeah. <laughs> worthwhile woman and a job. <laughs> that matters. And then she's, she gets a phone call at the end and she says, yes, it's Jesus. He wants to know what color car you want. <laughs> yeah, man. His mom is savage. I fucking love his mom. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we, we see the fallout kind of of him. He doesn't want to tell anybody yet that he's won this, like, first day. You know, he doesn't want to tell anybody. Which leads to an awkward situation with his friend Johnny. Yes. He ends up quitting his job. Did you recognize his boss? You know what? He kind of looks familiar, but I'm not sure what who he is. So you saw him exactly one season ago in Season 1, Episode 4, Walkabout. Because he was Locke's asshole manager, Randy. Really? And now he's Hurley's asshole manager, randy Weird. i didn't remember him from that at all that's <clears throat> that's really bizarre yeah i mean I, I guess it obviously like or i guess not obviously but i would assume Locke is definitely older than hurley i guess the timeline well th this is actually i say you know he was in walkabout and now he is now but technically this is actually before the events of walkabout remember walkabout happened immediately before the plane crash that's right because he was his boss was making fun of him for going that's on That's right, that's right. So this is before all of that. Just a little nugget. It's been mentioned, uh, Hurley mentioned, one of the characters that he was telling about his misfortunes and his lottery winning who, you know, they didn't believe him. He says, the chicken place I used to work at got hit by a meteor or a meteorite. Do you remember that? Yes. In season one, I guess he, maybe he was telling Jack that. So perhaps 
Randy was working at the chicken place and then had to get a new job because it got hit by a meteorite. <laughs> I can't wait to see that uh, <laughs> reveal. Um, so yeah, asshole manager Randy. Um, he shows them a video of Hurley eating chicken on the clock and Hurley quits on the spot. And then his friend Johnny, who didn't just win the lottery, also quits in solidarity. <laughs> yeah. Did you recognize Johnny from anywhere? Um, I recognize him from Scrubs. I also know he's on the show Supernatural, but I never actually watched that. <laughs> I just know from that, like... <laughs> that's funny because I, I know him from probably one of the weirdest, maybe, uh, situations. But uh, I remember him from the movie The Core. Did you ever watch that? I don't think so. It was kind of a panned movie uh, about a team of scientists that had to go to the center of the Earth to restart the core of the Earth. Oh, boy. It's got Hillary Swank in it. Oh, boy. Uh, as a kid, I thought it was cool. As an adult, it's pretty dumb. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was like the hacker, the cool hacker. Oh, cool. Yeah, but that's why I recognized him. Okay. From. I was like, yeah, oh, I... he was also apparently had a bit part in Breaking Yes, yes. Okay, Breaking Bad was the other place I've seen him. Yeah, I've I've seen him in Scrubs and Breaking Bad. And I know that he was apparently a popular character on Supernatural, but again, I haven't actually seen that. Never seen Supernatural either. I just, um, I had a Tumblr account like 10 years ago. I still have it, but like 10 years ago, <laughs> there was a lot of <laughs> Supernatural <laughs> stuff everywhere. You couldn't really avoid it. So I know he was on that. The old Super Hulock fandom. Oh God, didn't want to ever hear that word again um sorry no <laughs> so yeah anyway that's where that's where he's from johnny and he even says he says who needs money when you got good looks and it's like oh man we know this yep. is gonna go south <laughs> we see them in a in a music shop singing you all everybody but they don't know the words which i love <laughs> and they they call him suck shaft instead of drive shaft <laughs> and they find him in the uh one hit wonder section yeah <laughs> So I like that. I like the show kind of poking fun at their own shit, right? Yeah. Like, I know specifically it was already established that they were a one-hit wonder band, but I think that this more so is just kind of poking fun at how obnoxious the song is and how weird it is. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're we're aware that this song is goofy, but this is what we've got. Yes, yeah, it's, it's self-referential. Yeah. Uh, we see another guest star who I recognize. Did you recognize Starla? No. Oh, okay. Uh, she's in Wet Hot American Summer. What is that? A very, very funny movie. Oh. <laughs> What's the actress's name? <laughs> Something I should have looked okay. up. I, I don't know. I don't know. I recognize her from that, and I've definitely seen her in other things as well, but that's... I mean, she was, she was pretty, but that was all about, that was about all I registered. Yeah. So, Hurley asks her out, um... He basically wants to know if, if she would go out with him, you know, obviously before knowing about all this money that everyone's about to find out about. And she says yes. And it's real cute. Was it Janine Garoppolo? I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't know. I do not know her name. I should have looked it up. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Uh, oh, maybe it was Marguerite Moreau. That's who it was. That Sorry, sounds, anyways. That sounds Marguerite more Moreau. correct. Sorry. <clears throat> that one rings anyways. Yeah, that might be her. So, Johnny and Hurley go on, they just have a fun, grand old day out together. They steal some garden gnomes and put them in Randy's a, yard. Stealing an inordinate amount of garden gnomes. <laughs> Maybe people had more garden gnomes in 2003? I, I could believe that. I don't know. 
but now they're all in Randy's yard, and they spell out "cluck you." Yeah, have a what is it? Have a cluck, have cluck, a cl- cluck have day? a cluckety cluck cuck day. Have a cluckety cuck day. I didn't mean to say cuck. <laughs> have a cluckety <laughs> cluck cluck day. Wow, I you know what? Honestly, if somebody told me to have a cluck day, it might be better than <laughs> if somebody told me to have a cluckety cluck cluck day. God Almighty, what is it about chicken restaurants and? successful tv shows <laughs> i don't know <laughs> because we have uh what is it uh los, los pollos, pollos hermanos. hermanos yeah yeah and breaking bad <laughs> i don't know man oh man and the the makes for it's a just funny something bit. about the it's a funny bit and it's a very basic they don't have to do a lot to come up with like an icon or an icon right. or advertisement thing for it it's just like a shitty chicken face on a shirt <laughs> oh man <clears throat> But yeah, when that when he was having that, or wait, we haven't gotten to that. When he was having, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's good. So they're having all this fun. Johnny said he keeps referring to this as their day off, right? Because they're gonna have to hit the pavement tomorrow and find a new job. And Hurley's like, "Fuck." (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you know, Hurley makes him promise that no matter what happens, they'll stay the same and they'll be friends and blah blah blah. And so you know that they won't. And it's so sad. And then we get a moment. We'll talk about it more later in the episode when we get to it. But um, the last couple flashbacks are kind of interwoven with what's happening on the island and showing him Hurley being afraid that everyone's going to hate him on the island, just like Johnny did the night that he discovered that Hurley won the lottery. Yeah, and these were very, uh, I don't know if, 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 if I've seen it before in the show, but these were like very very close cuts like they were doing like five seconds of dialogue on each side yeah and it was it was like building up it was really well done like they built up yeah uh through the different dialogue cuts to the you know the finale or whatever right of the the storyline but it was normally they have a little more time in each yeah normally each flashback is like its own little segment they've done it like this once or twice before and it's always very powerful when they do it Okay, they have done it before. Yeah, they have. I, I believe... Uh, do they do it in House of the Rising Sun at the end? When oh, it's uh, like... who, who is that episode about? What? Never mind. It was a, call, it was a callback. Oh. It's called a call. It's called a callback where I didn't... <laughs> I couldn't fucking guess the name of the episode or who the episode was about based on the name. That was a joke. It was I like, got it. Who is that yeah. episode about? But uh, it didn't work, so here we are. <laughs> here we are. Hey, it's fine. It's not a comedy podcast. <laughs> I, th- I mean, it's kind of supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. It, it went over just as well as uh, as when I first guessed it. <laughs> it, was, it, fe- it fell totally. The same back. effect. <laughs> so, yeah, the flashbacks uh, conclude with, you know, Johnny hating Harley as he finds out. Um that the stakes of today were much lower for Hurley because he won the fucking lottery. So is that why he hates him? I mean, I think, first of all, I think hate is a strong word. Like, we're seeing a glimpse of the moment. I think that he feels betrayed. Does he feel betrayed because he quit his job as well? Is that why? I mean, I think he is frustrated because he quit his job, and then they have spent the entire day together doing best buddy hijinks. As if they're both the same broke person that they were the day before, right? Like, the point is, Hurley didn't say anything. And so, Johnny's been just kind of 
drug along, like, okay, haha, tomorrow we'll go get a new job together, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, just kidding, I have a bunch of money and you don't. <laughs> so I think yeah. he just feels stupid and he feels betrayed. Okay. You know. But he, did, he didn't, like, directly. It is not Hurley's quit his fault job. that he quit his job. But Hurley could have immediately been like, whoa, wait, dude, you need to know something. <laughs> you know, maybe you should go right. back in and ask for your job back or something, you know, like. Hurley's not responsible, but he could have and should have done something more, right? But he really, he wanted to have that last normal day, and somebody ended up getting hurt because of it, basically. I do get that, the desire to have, like, the last day of a normal relationship with his friends. Yeah, like, he made a mistake, but I don't really, you don't really blame him for it, you know? Because, again, he didn't make his friend quit his job, but... He definitely led him to believe that they were in the same boat when they definitely are not. So that that's right, but there, that's kind but of there's something saying. I mean, he could he could have just you know given him a million dollars, and that would have been probably made up for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's true. I mean, we don't really know exactly how it concludes, but from the tone of this episode, it seems as though from that moment on they were no longer friends, right? Um, Correct. And then of course his whole string of bad luck started. Uh, which probably distracted him from trying to <laughs> win his friends back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, regardless of how maybe oversimplified it is for this episode, the point is it changed things and they're no longer friends. So on to the island and, you know, how he's dealing with all that on the island. We have... <laughs> not well. <laughs> we're not dealing with it well. We have a pretty hilarious opening scene. With Hurley just having a moment in the pantry, and then you realize that it's a dream. He's, like, all of a sudden, like, eating ice cream, and, like... <laughs> he opens a cardboard box, and there's a full-ass steak, steak and... meal in it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wait, wait a second. And then... Uh... Although, to be to be honest, that was not... Uh, like, I I thought it was real until the very end when, when Jin showed up, right? Because... Really? So, yeah, because so much weird shit happens that, honestly, <laughs> opening a cardboard box and finding a steak meal in it would not have been the strangest thing. So, oh, that's funny. do you remember Spy Kids? Yes. Where they put the little pack in the microwave and turns into yes. a hamburger? So I was like, okay. So that's obviously what's sure. happening here. Don't question it. <laughs> exactly. Like, <I'm>... why, <laughs> why would I oh, that's awesome. at this point? Well, no. And then all of a sudden, Jin shows up and is speaking perfect speaking English. English. And I'm like, yeah. hmm. No, Hurley, you're speaking Korean. <laughs> I know. And then he does speak Korean. Yeah. Oh, man. They do a good job of capturing, even even if it's, like, very clean and cinematic, they, they do a good job of, like, emulating dreams. Yeah, they do. You know? Yeah. It was definitely surreal <laughs> to watch this Oh, scene. yeah, for sure. Um... Jen says everything's going to change, and then he says, have a cluckety-cluck-cluck day, Hugo. After that, uh, the guy that, was that like the gas station owner in the chicken suit? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. And he, but his but his mouth is opening as the thing is beeping. Yeah. <laughs> that was disturbing. I know. It's fucking bizarre. I love the dream sequences on this show. It's very good. It's, it's very much like a dream. Yeah. Like, because there is a point, at least for me, in dreams where I realize it's a dream. Yeah. For most of the time. And so that that's the point where you're like, you're in it, and all of a sudden, the most 
like Dadaist, yeah, ridiculous bullshit starts happening. Yeah, and you're like, oh okay, well this isn't real, <laughs> and now I'm kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> so we find out that Hurley was on his his button pushing shift and he fell asleep. Kate reminds him that the numbers are written down, and he's like, yeah, I know the numbers. <laughs> yeah, we kind of get the sense like. Kate seems to be just fucking, like, walking on air right now, like... Yeah, she's living it up. I mean, I don't blame her, right? Like, things feel normal. She makes a joke about how they have jobs again, you know? Like, they have something to do. Yeah, but, like, that, to me, they have jobs already on the island. Well, they have the job of survival, but now it's like, oh, we get to, you know, take shifts doing something, and there's food in the pantry, and I can take a shower, and you know, like... Right, but that wasn't, that's not, like, tied to having a job. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's just, things <laughs> feel more normal, because they have, like, some kind of structure to their day again. Even if it's something it was like, completely was ridiculous, the, like pushing a button. Was that the best part of not being here, <laughs> I guess? <laughs> also, Kate, you never had a fucking job. Lim- right, Lim- she's fugitive. a criminal. <laughs> oh, we got, a, we got a job again. It's like, oh, for the first time in your fucking life, huh, Kate? You never work at... at Cluck, cluck, whatever the fuck. She worked a farm for a little bit. Yeah, so, um, Kate sucks. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I don't blame her. I think it's cute that she made a joke about having jobs, personally. We later see Charlie carrying Aaron around in the little baby Bjorn that he made. And he is trying to get Hurley to tell him about the hatch. And Hurley is doing a really bad job of, like, trying to lie to him. How old is Aaron supposed to be at this point? Not very old at all. Um... Probably a little young to be separated from the mom. Oh, I mean, not for, like, a walk. Right, but it was depicted as much longer than a walk. Like, she, it happens later, but she goes on the whole thing, she finds the the other thing, and... Yeah, I don't know, I'd say maybe it was, like, an hour or two, which, that's reasonable. Oh, okay. Give the woman a break. I'm not, oh, listen, I'm not <laughs> saying don't give her a break, I'm saying I have no fucking idea. Yeah, no, I, I didn't see anything, anything wrong with that. Okay, well, you're the professional, so... <laughs> Harley's doing a bad job lying, and Charlie's being kind of a dick about it, but I don't really he's, him. He was really a dick this whole episode. I don't think he starts out as a dick. Like, I would be annoyed if my buddy-buddy on the island knew what the new big secret was and wouldn't tell me, right? Like, I think he's being a reasonable amount of a dick. Maybe at this point, but later he's really... Yeah, he do- it gets worse later. But in this scene, I didn't, I was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of understand. I also like how he says, you're going to lie to the baby. Yeah. And then he tries to pull that again later. He's like, you would deny a nursing mother food. Yeah. I was like, wow, you haven't done anything like for this. And you're pulling these cards. I love it. You're going to lie to the baby. Rose is back. Yep. So I swear I thought she was in this show more. Last time we saw her, which was like the middle of season one, I was like, okay, we're definitely going to see her more often now. And I was very wrong. I thought we, nope. s- I thought she was a little more present in the beginning. Oops. No, that was, that was wild. Like when she showed back up, it was, uh, it was, it was good. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's another place they probably could have used her, uh, maybe in the first season, but the way that they kind of used her character components in this episode was very satisfying. Yeah. I mean, she gets to be a little bit more of her own character uh, a little bit further on. Obviously, we get that reveal at the end of this episode. Yeah, she's um, not just so We'll see like more of her. Oracle. So far, she only shows up when someone needs a maternal figure, right? Like, whenever someone needs 
a pep talk, she shows up. But that will get that will get better. She gets to be a little bit more of her own character soon. She reminds me of the Oracle from The Matrix, where she's yeah. she's kind of like this like she doesn't explain a ton of stuff, but she she drops enough knowledge to connect things together in the universe. Yeah. And it's not just because she's a black woman. Well, I do think it's a little bit of a case of kind of, I guess you'd say, like, benign racism. That she's the character who shows up whenever someone needs a mama, right? Oh god, am I racist? No, I'm just saying, like, her her depiction in this show. But it does get better. Like, she, she is going to become her own character. I didn't realize how bad it was these first two seasons. That, like, she literally only shows up when you need a mama. Yeah. But it does get better. Especially with the introduction Uh-oh. at the end of, um... <laughs> We, you know, Bernard. we get to see Bernard, and it's like, okay, she gets to be her own character with her own problems now, and, you know, her own wants and needs. <laughs> but anyway, no, you are not responsible for the writing. <laughs> it's not your fault for drawing those connections. That's just what you see in media, so. Also, I guess, I guess the Matrix came around at the same time. It did, yeah. 1999. Yeah. We actually just watched the second one recently. Uh, was that, uh, Revolutions? Reloaded. Reloaded, yeah. I love that movie. I forgot. I, I didn't realize that Michael was in it. Who? The guy who plays Michael is in that movie. Really? Yeah. He's a pretty major character. What's his name, Ricky? What the fuck? Ricky, help me. Halt. Ricky, hurry. Halt, Ricky, halt. Ricky, hurry. What's his name <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, Get fucked. Oh, man. We can cut out all that. Um, Excellent. Anyway, this holy shit. Us. Um, Rose is back. She doesn't care about the hatch because she's just worried about cleaning laundry, right? And yep. she's like, I, you know, unless it's going to help me do this laundry, I don't care. And he's like, well, <laughs> what? it actually is going to help you do the laundry. I, I laugh a little bit when he takes her to the hatch. They go to the door into the hatch. Yeah. And I'm like, how did they not find this? Okay, before? I did kind of. Yeah. That's kind of a huge and obvious door. They find the little bitty metal hatch opening in the ground, but they don't ever stumble across this huge fucking metal door. <laughs> yeah, just covered by like a couple, a couple of, vines. of wayward vines. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it does. It makes me laugh. It's like, wow, this is actually pretty obvious. They do the same thing again later. Whenever the tail section, they show up at, at their little hatch. And yes. Sawyer's like, you're gonna beam us up, as if he doesn't see the door that's right behind the vines. He's, you know, he's essentially like, what? Why are we standing here? And then she pushes aside the vines, and it's like, oh, there's a door. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like it's, as soon as they got to that point, this is jumping ahead, but as soon as they got to that point, I was like, oh shit, there's another hatch. Like as soon as they got there, and then yeah. and then they cut to Sawyer's like, oh, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh man. So they go into the hatch. Jack kind of looks at Hurley like, seriously, you know, you've already brought somebody here. And, uh, you know, Hurley says she won't tell anyone. She says, I don't even know what I would say. (laughs) And then we see Claire taking her walk on the beach and she finds the message in the bottle from the raft. Dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Yep. Now we finally learn the source of kind of Hurley's stress is that he's been given the job of making an inventory of the food and figuring out how to make the food last. And he's not allowed to give out any food until he figures it out. So he gets Rose to help him. And they're sitting, you know, they're sitting in the pantry chatting. He finds the Apollo bars and uh, Rose starts to talk about Bernard because Bernard has a sweet tooth. And she again reiterates 
is alive. That he is alive. Is my husband. Yeah. That payoff was probably, like, the way they put that in at the end of the episode with all the other emotional stuff was a, was a great payoff. Oh my god, I know. Ah, oh, I cry. You know I cry a lot in this show. That's one of the moments I, that makes me cry. <laughs> I, did, I didn't cry, but I was definitely like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was like, oh no, oh no. I know. The feels, the feels are here. I know. Anytime, again, I don't know what it is. Anytime I see Sun sad, it makes me sad. Yeah, no, I get that. Like extra sad. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we, you know, she says Bernard's alive. Um, Obviously, now we know that he is. Uh, And at this point in the episode, I believe we already knew. Well, we didn't specifically know about Bernard, but we knew about the tail section at this point. Yes. Hurley opens up to her about how everyone's going to hate him because he'll be in charge of the food. She says, you're the only person on this island that everyone loves. And he says, you know, he says not for long. Fucking Kate strolls in and takes some shampoo without asking. And yep. uh, Rose is like, hey, you know, calm down. It's just one bottle. And he says, that's where it starts. To set up the, the stupidest scene later. Oh, God, we'll get, God, I hate that scene. We'll get there. Yep. Yeah, so poor, I mean, Hurley is really stressed about this, and I don't really blame him. Um, I feel very bad for him that he was the one put in charge of this. But again, he's going to show in this episode, again, that he is honestly a really good, he has very good instincts. He's a very good leader, I think. He, he is, at the last minute, kind of. Like it gets it gets to a point where you think something well right uh, right detrimental he, is going to happen. That's very true. He, he almost does something very very bad. <laughs> right. Um, but eventually makes the right decision. So I guess maybe his instincts aren't great. But you know, it it this episode reminds me of the golf episode from season one where oh yeah 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 he knows what the people really need. You know, so I think it's such a good like Jack and Hurley together make a very good combination leader i think <laughs> yeah i mean jack needs like an advisor to kind of keep him human yeah hey maybe maybe this is a little uh unfeeling and hurley needs someone to pull the balloon down a little bit yeah. and be like don't don't be you know don't be stupid keep it in check yeah, yeah. it'll be insane yeah we see uh Locke walking around in the jungle charlie has been following him and he's once again trying to get information about the hatch and he is i think rightfully so kind of pissed off that he doesn't know what's going on, right? I think it's a little silly that he's like, specifically, I've earned it. But I do think that like anybody who wants to know about the hatch should be able to know about the hatch. <laughs> I also, uh, aside from the plot point, <laughs> the whole thing with him, like, he finds a lime on a branch or a vine, and then he bends down and picks up a lemon? Yeah, I don't know what was... What, what in the actual fuck was that about? <laughs> um what was going it was, on it was so like i was like what is he's also is so happening? bizarre is like he, is he on a trail i i thought he was tracking somebody because they were dropping citrus yeah uh that was not the case <laughs> um, no his body language is so bizarre i think maybe he was trying like he was just fucking with charlie or something like i don't know i mean obviously he is fucking with charlie but the way that he was moving <laughs> was very intense and then all he does is just pick up a lemon and start eating it <laughs> that that whole that whole sequence was so like also why is he no, eating a lemon non-sequitur oh i mean lemons are good let's not be uh weird okay. about it okay. lemons are delicious okay well they will give you heartburn yeah uh, but they taste good i guess i just i don't know i've never just eaten a lemon i like them as a flavor enhancer 
Right, but like you've also never been stranded in the jungle. That's fair. That's fair. At that at that point, maybe you're like, I want a taste sensation that is not some random fucking fish. (laughs) That's fair. He's like, "Mm, my gums burn. (laughs) I haven't brushed my teeth in two months. This is gonna clear my gingivitis out. You've killed me. Oh. <laughs> You've killed me. I'm no. no, you have uh, two children. I can't do that. So, John is fucking sucking on a lemon, I guess. Um, <laughs> and Ch- Charlie is tired of being at the bloody kids' table. Yep. He says he's entitled to know what's going on because he rescued Claire's baby, and he totally would have gone on that Black Rock trip had he known about it and been available to go. So, please tell me what's going on. <laughs> sure. And Locke does, which is fine. Like, I, that's fine. However, I do hate that Locke lets slip that Hurley's the one in charge of food. Because, again... Well, so, it still, it, it still feels manipulative. Yeah, but, like, to what end? Like, I feel like this is just purely him being a dick, you know? I, I don't know. It, it just felt, if it was intentional or not, to me it just felt careless. Like, he just cares so little about that. That he's like, oh, and by the way, you know, Hurley's in charge of the food. <laughs> whatever i mean to be conspiratorial like if if whatever his uh primary motive is it would help him for people to be focused on each other and not him fair that's fair so to to just casually drop oh and hurley's in charge of the food well that gets uh charlie thinking about hurley and the other you know the other components of that and then you know whoever charlie tells if he tells anybody and even if it's just Charlie, then he's got somebody that's not focused on him and what he's up to. Yeah. I guess it's a good way to spread the word about the hatch. Because Locke, it seems like, wants everybody to know. He wants everybody to get in on pushing the button, basically. Yeah. So, it seems as though Jack is not ready for people to know about it yet. But Locke wants everybody to know. So, having something to piss Charlie off and get him talking, I guess, would be a good way to get the word out. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's so, like, conveniently fits into what he would, would want. Yeah. And, God, when he mentions that there's a record player and the look on Charlie's face, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, he lights the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Of course, Locke knows what to say. Mm-hmm. Charlie then immediately goes to Hurley to ask for peanut butter for Claire. Yep. Uh, and then <laughs> that's when he says, you're saying no to a nursing mother. <laughs> yeah, like, God damn, Charlie. I know. I mean, I think it's funny. Like, he's he's being an asshole, but I do think it's funny how he's accusing him of <laughs> becoming the man. It's <laughs> it's funny in retrospect, but at the time I was like, man, where did this come from? Yeah, again, it's like they're understood to be such good friends, and yet a lot of the time we see Charlie just being kind of mean to him. It also feels like there's a little bit of a jump between the writing for characters. Specific, like, the two that come to mind are Sawyer and Charlie. Sawyer is a much more empathetic character in this season so far. So far, right? It's only four episodes, so obviously it's not yeah. definitive. I'm just, I'm just saying, I never hated Sawyer, right? But yeah. I like Sawyer a lot more in this season. Well, and Charlie in this season has just been a cocksucker. <laughs> Charlie was kind of like that in season one too, though. We had several complaints about interactions that he had with Hurley in season one, like when Hurley tried to tell him about the lottery and everything. He was kind of right, but guy. he has he hasn't had any redeeming parts this season. That's true. Now again, I think the reasoning is the same for both of them. Uh, we haven't seen much of them yet, right? When we see more of Charlie, he becomes more sympathetic. That's fair. When we see more of Sawyer, he becomes less sympathetic. So far, all we've seen him do is 
you know, something very brave and selfless, right? Where he tried to help rescue Walt and got shot for it. And then obviously now he hasn't been able to do much and he's very, very injured, which just kind of makes him more sympathetic by default, right? Like he's too weak to be full Sawyer and he hasn't had his own episode yet. So we're... He's like a he's like a big old blonde angry puppy. Yeah, we've kind point. of forgotten that he has the capitat... The capacity, the capacity <laughs> to be a very not nice Suffering man. Suffering suckerfish. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Charlie, on the other hand, we've seen him being a little bit, bit of a like sniveling brat, but he hasn't had his own episode yet this season, and his episodes kind of make you feel for him. So. And we also don't know if he started using it yet. We don't know. That's true. Which came to my mind during this episode. I was like. He's really kind of being aggro. Yeah. Maybe he's 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 back on uh, the old Virgin Mary right. uh, <laughs> extract. And they've already referenced that once when uh, when Claire saw it, right? That was this season. And he got yeah. very defensive of it. So we've, we have been glaringly reminded that the drugs are back, but we don't actually know if he's using yet. So let's see. Yeah, Charlie accuses him of becoming the man. And uh, we leave it at that. There's an interesting little thread here with Saeed and Jack investigating this door that has the magnetic attraction, right? They find a, a little tunnel that goes under the hatch. Across well, it's like base. A, uh, a utilities portal. Yeah, yeah. And so they're they're crawling along that trying to see if they can access that room from there because they can't open the door because there's concrete on the other side. But they then discover that the concrete goes all the way down and there's no getting around it. There's no getting to whatever. Yeah, he says eight to ten feet. Yeah, which is an interesting thing to discern from hitting it with a piece of metal. But sure. Yeah, that <laughs> that's true. Again, sometimes it, characters yeah. just know things for plot convenience. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's just like a, a very very specific thing to know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, it may, it makes sense that it's sealed that thick, but it's, right, he's just so. But like, the fact mm, that he yes. yeah, it kind of taps in and is like, hmm, it seems to be eight to ten feet. <laughs> It would it would have been just as believable if he had like licked his thumb and stuck it up in the air and be like, mm, eight to ten feet of concrete. <laughs> like uh, and the whole titanium bit, I guess he got that piece from somewhere inside the bunker. Yeah, he must have. Because titanium is like a uh, is typically found in aircraft. Yeah. It was it's super light. Yeah. Uh, but very strong. I'd like to know where he got that from. This is a very specific, like, it, that. that's like, it, it's it's very expensive, very expensive to produce and manipulate and build stuff out of. It's reserved for, like, super expensive aircraft or, like, specific components of vehicles. You know, it's not just something you find laying around. Well, I mean, there is a lot of plane wreckage that's just laying around all the time. Right, but it's not even, <clears throat> it's not even like you'd find that in, in like, a regular plane. That's like fire plane stuff. Oh. Anyways. Well. Uh, I, th I thought that part was interesting. I'm, I'm hoping it's like a Chekhov's gun kind of thing. Yeah, we'll find out. Or it will never be mentioned again. <laughs> That's totally fine. You know what? <laughs> hey, that happens. We do get kind of a, a chilling line out of all this, this little plot thread, though, where he says, the last time I heard concrete being poured over everything this way was Chernobyl. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That kind of makes you go, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I love me some some nuclear disaster mm -hmm. stuff. But instead of getting a chance to dwell on that really cool potential revelation, 
we hear a mysterious noise and go to investigate, and it's just Kate in the shower. So then we get a whole shower scene. We have a uh, isekai anime moment I... <laughs> with her in the shower. <laughs> I hate this so much. I hate that Jack just oh, stands sucked. there and stares at her while she's like, you know, kind of flustered. Really like, uncomfortable. Yeah, trying to gather up all her stuff and like get out of there. And like, I understand. They have sexual tension, and she's kind of flirting, but it also kind of seems like she's just trying to get out of there, and he's just standing in the doorway staring at her. It's gross. And he he's like, how was the shower, Kate? How was the shower? <laughs> was it wet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that scene sucked. I did not like it one bit. I was, just, I was just sitting there, like, I looked over at Larissa at one point, I was just like, <laughs> and I don't know why they chose to play it this way because they totally could have like with what they've established so far they could have played it more like her being coy and kind of flirting with him but like no she just seemed uncomfortable and he didn't move and I hated it yeah yeah it, it seemed like very yeah it, it was uncomfortable yeah he was uncomfortable also why did it have to be that it could have been something so cool instead of that I don't know. I think a shower is pretty cool. Like, I'm happy that they have a shower now. <laughs> I'm very happy no, for that, them. No, that's fine. But, like, them being in this uh, it was kind of weird, utility corridor. Yeah, there was the noise and they were like, sound oh, what was that? Yeah. Could have been a very cool reveal. It could have been. Instead, it's just this dumb, stereotypical, like, sexy moment. Yeah. Quote unquote sexy moment. That, in retrospect, is just. Very not sexy. Yeah, sketchy. We then see a scene with Claire and Shannon. I guess she decided to open up to Shannon about this bottle. Weird um, choice. I guess we get the sense that they actually kind of are friends. Like, we've seen them interact before. Uh, Shannon has a massive advantage by having a dog. <laughs> yeah. That supplements her personality massively. But even before Vincent, we have seen several friendly moments between Claire and Shannon throughout the show. Yeah, that's true. So they approach Sun and said they decided to tell her about the message in the bottle and that she should decide what to do about it because she's the only one who has anybody she cares about on the raft just fucking depressing yep uh we see hurley back in the hatch getting angry at Locke for letting out the secret about all the food and Locke is indifferent about it because he's a horrible person same old same old <laughs> <laughs> is this the scene where Locke is in the armory yeah Ooh, okay uh tell I me got, about tell me about the gun marshall i got kind of excited about this tell me about the uh, gun so he is holding a um, Heckler & Cog G3 uh, rifle that's chambered in 7.62 by 51 NATO, which is the same as 308. But the, the coolest part that happened was, well, A, the G3 is a very unique, very rare rifle, and B, he does what's called the HK slap when he sets the cocking handle back to ready. So the a a HK uh, weapons for a while have had a very specific type of cocking mechanism where you would pull it back on the left side and tilt it up and it would lock in the notch. And to release it and ready the, the weapon, you would slap this toggle and it would shoot the bolt back into position. And he does that. So he does the HK slap. And when, he, when I saw that, I was like, oh. <laughs> so there you go there's your dumb gun nerd. i'm glad uh, that made you happy marshall yeah it made me very happy also mm -hmm. the, oh man, the g3 is such a such a dope gun hey i can uh, i i can relate i thought it was a cool looking gun so there you go that's all i got though 
I, I do find it interesting. I mean, I guess it makes sense that they would have, uh, if you're going to have an armory, you would have like a designated marksman rifle. The G3 is a weird choice. But also on an island, you're not you're not really going to have a bunch of options for super long range. It'd make more sense to have something like that because he had a massive scope on it. Huge front aperture for laying in a ton of light. And there wasn't any kind of stealth, like a lot of times if, if there's like a, a military issue sniper rifle, they have something on the front of the scope to occlude a lot of the light reflection. They'll have like a honeycomb pattern, like a filter. They didn't have any of that, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's more of just like a defensive thing. Mm-hmm. But based on everything else that was in there, it was kind of an interesting thing to have in an armory based on the situation. It might be something where they, they have just kind of a standard issue series of weapons for each station. Obviously... We see a, a different station. It seems like an awful lot for a station that's only supposed to be manned by two people at a time. Does right. It, does it not? Oh, it's a ton. Yeah. Uh, it's, quite, it's, it's quite a bit. Especially considered, considering just at the base level, like pistols and uh, assault rifles. Uh, but by having like all this extra DMR stuff, that would Im- either imply that they intended to have more people stationed there, or that Desmond was trained in multiple different types of weapon handling. Mm-hmm. But that was cool. Anyways, yeah. that, was a cool, that was a cool. See the HK slap. Very cool. Hurley is trying to, he's trying to get rid of his job, basically, and Locke says he doesn't get to quit. Yeah, you don't get to quit this time. Whatever, I guess. So then Hurley's reaction to that is to get some fucking dynamite. Yeah, I, uh, that's uh, <laughs> certainly one way to handle it. Very, very questionable. Like, again, I feel so bad for him. Like, he's just completely spiraling, right? He's panicking. His whole thing is he's the guy that everybody loves, and he just does not, he cannot stand this happening to him again, where he loses all that he cares about, which is people loving him. Yeah, but a, a Pyrrhic victory is quite, but this, quite, yeah, the, this is a very, quite the coin toss. Very, very good <laughs> way to go about it. He's going to blow up the pantry. But luckily, Rose walks in on him. Perfect person to defuse the situation. Yes. And this is when we get our... It, it weaves in and out with the flashbacks. He's saying, you know, this is going to mess it all up. And this this monologue makes me want to cry. He said... I wrote the whole thing down. He says, um, you know, we've got these potato chips. We were all fine before we had these potato chips. But Steve gets them, and now Charlie's pissed. But he's not pissed at Steve. He's pissed at me. I'm going to be in the middle of it. Come on, help us out, Hurley. Why would you give Kate the shampoo? Why didn't I get the peanut butter? They'll all hate me. You know, he's just like completely spiraling, going around in circles. And he has convinced himself that blowing up the food is the way to go. Definitely, definitely zero to 60 in quite the, uh, yeah. quite the short amount of time. But I'd like to think that even if Rose hadn't shown up, he would not have actually gone through with it. Because that's fucking insane. It seems very outside of his to a certain point like he's i don't know i it seems like it's outside of his character i think that specifically it being food has set him off and made him snap because we know that he obviously has a problem with food the last thing that he thought he would be confronted with on this deserted island is a bunker full of food that he is in charge of you know like i think it was just like Kind of like with Jack, his breaking point was seeing somebody from before the island, right? Yeah. This was Hurley's breaking point. This is his huge hurdle. His biggest weakness in life is food. And now he's confronted by all of this food. And, you know, I I, I don't think that it was in character for him, but I think that's because it was his snapping point, you know? His oh, breaking it's, point. It's like, an, 
it's like an accelerated version of the tragedy of the commons like a like a tragedy of the commons on steroids <laughs> i think if i understand the tragedy of the commons it does seem like it's something that somebody or even himself in a flashback would have pulled himself out of doing right yeah and i i think that he would have pulled himself out of it but you know luckily he had rose there to help him yeah so yeah that's all interplayed with with the the revelation that Johnny has and the flashbacks and that that look on Johnny's face that Hurley is just afraid to see again on the island. But then he comes up with a very good solution, I think. And this is obviously what I was referring to earlier when I said he has good instincts. Not the TNT part, not the dynamite part, but the uh <laughs> this part uh where the he banquet. Des- he yeah, he decides, you know, there's 40 people and that pantry is not enough to sustain 40 people for a real amount of time. So, let's just Let's just have a have a good time while it lasts. We were fine before this food. We'll be fine after it. So here we go. And Jack, you know, kind of looks like he's going to fight with him for a second on it. And then he's like, you know what? Okay, that's fine. That makes sense. So quick question. Sure. Remind me, how long did Desmond say he'd been down there? Let me remind myself. Did he actually say? Or did we do we imply it from something? Based on Jack's timeline, I think is how we imply it. No, no, no. I think he did specifically say it. I believe he's already said he's been on the island for three years. Okay. So, Hurley says there's enough in this pantry to feed one guy three meals a day for another three months. Mm-hmm. But the pantry's full. Do you? Yeah. It seems like a lot more than that. No, my point is that if he's been there for three years, something has been refilling this pantry. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's not like they and they come to a pantry and it's like ninety percent empty. They come to a yes, a full a ass fully pantry. stocked pantry. Yes, so the fully stocked pantry is enough to last for three months, which suggests right. that he's getting a fully stocked pantry every three months. How's right. that happening? Right. How's it happening, Marshall? How's it happening? <laughs> that will be addressed, I promise. Okay, good. We will learn more. Yay! There we go. Okay, so that, that was my thing. It's like, okay, sure, but no one's no one's sitting, in, or at least so far, no one's sat and thought, oh, gee, Desmond's been down here for a long time. You see, he hasn't starved to death. Maybe there's something else going on with the food, but, you know, no, it's time to have just a big food party. Whatever. Well, they haven't, so... It has been addressed already. Uh, when they were questioning Desmond, they did ask him where does all the food come from. But yes, they have not thought about it more since then, apparently, which is a little crazy. But they did initially at least be like, hey, what the fuck? Where did all that food come from, right? Yeah, but they, haven't done, they haven't, didn't do anything with that. Right, that didn't sure. go anywhere. I think there's just, you know, there's too many mysteries right now. We gotta, as the audience, have to only focus on one or two. That's fine. But they did put it out there. And yes, I think this comment was supposed to make you go, oh yeah, where does all that food come from, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we will learn more about that. Good. But yes, seemingly every three months we get a fully stocked pantry. So we'll see how that goes. So yeah, Jack agrees with Hurley and we get this really beautiful little montage of Hurley handing out food to everybody. He gives peanut butter to Charlie and we get to see Charlie and Claire eating the peanut butter and it's really sweet. And I dare you to say something about it, Marshall. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I thought you were going to say something about it. <laughs> I just thought that, like... Did you think it was sweet? It was fine. I mean, do you remember why it's sweet? I remember... Because of the whole peanut butter? Do you remember peanut butter? 
I remember peanut butter, but I distinctly remember peanut butter when I was super fucking pissed at Charlie about faking the peanut butter. Yeah, the fake peanut butter. Well, yeah, like, he actually he actually did it now. Also, like, if that peanut butter had been sitting down there for that long, they didn't stir it up at all. There probably would have been some oil on the top. It looked pretty saying. oily, did it not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I maybe, feel like that maybe, was... Maybe that's why she was so excited about it. Ugh, Marshall. <laughs> it's supposed to be a sweet moment. They're eating peanut butter together, finally. Great. Oh Great. my god. Awesome. So I'm so excited about the peanut butter moment. I mean, I think it's really sweet. Yeah, personally. it's great. It's great. You got, finally got peanut butter. So, you know, at that point, I would have probably murdered Charlie, but at least I would have got peanut butter. You would have murdered Charlie? Just from the taunting of the oh. peanut butter from that one episode. Do you like, do you like them yet? Oh, I'm pretty indifferent about it. Oh my god. <laughs> You're no fun. Well, I, I, Audience, <laughs> audience, reach out to us and back me up about Charlie and Claire being adorable, please. It's fine. Listen, I'm not, there's not, there are, like, I'm, I think probably the relationship I'm the most invested in is, uh, Jin's son. That's very, yes, okay. <laughs> That's reasonable. But they're the most, I'm not, like, I'm not saying that there's, and like, and we need cute. Right, but that's, that means they're just kind of boring. Okay, fine. That's fair. All these things are true. It's fine. You could be happy about it. I'm not trying to say you can't be happy about it. I'm just saying it's not floating my boat as much as it is yours, I guess. Well, anyway, moving on in our sweet, sweet montage. Oh, boy. <laughs> we have to have a behind-the-scenes counseling. It's fine. I, I forgive you. Jesus Christ. Okay, you. good. Wow. <laughs> I was so worried. I accept your apology. <laughs> oh, wait. You didn't apologize. No, you're, oh, whoops. You're right. Anyway, we see Shannon loving on Vincent. I think it's very sweet. Yeah, she's like, like, wow, hey, I'm not immediately angry at her. Yeah, she's it's like, cute. taking care like, of the dog. He's her dog now, yeah. and it's cute. I felt more at that scene than I did the scene with the peanut butter. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, we have a little moment of Kate and Jack kind of flirting over some food in a in an actual cute way and not creepy. Uh, I don't know. It's a cute moment. I like the little moments in this show, and it is a little moment that is cute. Everybody loves Hugo, and I'm crying. But then oh. we but pan then... over. Yep, we pan over and we see Sun burying. Time to twist the knife. Burying the message bottle. And this is when I felt something. And then Marshall cried. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's for acting or what or what. I mean, she's like, a beautiful, she amazing is, actor. Actress? When she is <laughs> actress. When she is actress. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> when she is sad, I'm just like, oh no. Yeah. No, whenever she please. like looks wistfully off into the distance, it makes me want to cry. Yeah, I'm like, and she oh, does it a lot. <laughs> someone, someone, please. Yeah. Well, speaking of Jen and Son, let's uh, hop over to the other side of the island. And we are with our tail section that now we know is the tail section. Sawyer's shoulder looks really bad. Yeah, getting a little infected. Yeah, it's looking real bad. Somebody points out that it looks really bad, and he says, why don't you pee on it? <laughs> yeah, another piss joke. Yep, uh, which makes me laugh because he says it to Jin, and it reminds me of season one when Hurley gets stung by the sea urchin, and he's screaming at Jin to pee on it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants Jin to pee on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. They get to come out of the hole finally. There's a lot of animosity. Michael and Jen get to come up first, and then they keep Sawyer down for being an asshole. 
But when he comes up later, we find out that, you know, as they were talking to Michael and Jen, they, they believe their story now about them being on the plane. The, right. the tail section believes the three of them. Which is why I kind of take issue with Ana Lucia in this scene. Yeah. Um, like, pretty pretty bad, the way she treats Sawyer. Yeah. Uh, which, we're gonna revisit this a lot, but I think this is the first glimpse into how different things could have been with our front section folks. Oh, yeah, no, this is definitely a kind of a mirror view of, yeah. uh, of like, survival and, and the group dynamics. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, if we hadn't had a doctor as our leader... <laughs> If we had Ana Lucia instead. Okay, what I was going to say, I was going to make a joke. I'm going to make this joke. Okay, make the joke. Go. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sawyer got to live out the dream of thousands and thousands of people. Is He got to get stepped on by Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> Can relate. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's why I said. I was like, hey, I, I would do anything you <laughs> But on a serious note, I fucking hate her in this scene. I hate... That they've established that they believe Michael, Jen, and Sawyer, that they are also passengers on the plane and they have done nothing wrong. And yet, basically just for sassing her, she slams him down and steps on his fucking wound and like, you know, when I tell you to do something, you do it. I mean, she's a, I don't, I, I do not like. She gets a gun and a little bit of power and, oh, it's like she's a cop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no social commentary. <laughs> but yes, it is like she's a cop. Uh, Michael meets a survivor named Libby. She says there were 23 survivors from the tail section. Number. Yep, one of the numbers. Uh, but then we get a pretty harsh view of what's left. It's definitely way less than 23. Yeah, it's maybe like 8 or 15. Something in there. Definitely less than 15. Yeah, probably yeah. 8. Which, again, it makes you think, like, of our initial surviving group, not obviously not counting everybody that they burned in the fuselage, how many folks have we lost from the front end? Like, three? The Marshall yeah. and Boone and uh, fucking Joanne or Steve or Scott or whatever. I guess four people. And how many did they start with? Uh, That'd be 44, right? Because mm, okay. they have 40 left now. So at some point, they had 42. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. A harsh difference in how many people have been lost from the front as opposed to the back. Yeah. Which, again, you know, we're going to learn. Uh, I will tell you, we, we are going to learn about their experience on the island. And it's a lot different than the front end. Certainly seems like it. Yeah. Very end of our episode, a man approaches Sawyer, Jen, and Michael and asks about Rose. And he asks if she's okay. And he says, thank you. And then he says, my name is Bernard. Yep. Ugh, and back on the beach, we see Rose put an Apollo bar in her pocket for Bernard. That was very touching. Oh my yes. god. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> it's so sweet. I love Rose and Bernard. Yeah. So, like, that, refresh my memory if you can. When they when they watched that Dharma Initiative video, they mentioned that this was one, like, the, was it, what was the station name? The Swan, Swan? Station. Okay. That was one station. Yes. So they said that there were multiple on the island. Well, or did they I kind of let there that were multiple. I kind of let that part slip. The on the island part. The video said station three of six. Okay, so they're all on the island. Yeah, I I let that part slip for you. Gotcha. But I mean, that, that makes sense in the context of the show. Yeah, I mean, it. it where else would they be? <laughs> yeah. Um. So so this one 
Did they name the other? We don't know the names of the other ones, but okay. I will this say one, this one has a plus sign. Okay, well, no, I was gonna oh. say we see the logo pretty clearly. It's not a plus sign; it's an arrow. I thought it was a cross. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> and also, it looks like they've. We don't really know the structure, I guess, of the station, but it does seem like if it's the same or similar to the other station, that they haven't made it very far yet. Right. So it looks as though this station is much more run down and is a, is essentially just like a, you know, empty shed or something. Like, to, to me, it looks like, you know, what we see is, is, is what it is, and there's not much to it, right? They weren't oh, blessed okay. with a full station with, you know, a computer and food and whatever, and a shower, right? Especially given the state that they're all in. It looks like essentially it's a shelter, but not much else. I imagine that they found it, but they weren't able to, like, go deeper into it. Because like, we know that they sealed doors up. Yeah, that's true. It, it, there could be uh, there could be more to it that they just can't access. But at least what... the tools. Yeah, where their group is right now, the very few of them that are left. If there's anything juicy to be found in this station, it doesn't seem like they have found it. No, it's just... They're a, in rough shape. Just a shitty bunker. Yeah. So, yeah. Bernard. What did you think of Bernard? Oh, man, I was like, oh. It felt really good that the confirmation that they were both, like, knew each other was alive at that point. I know. Like, especially we get, like, getting a revelation like this in a Hurley episode is so fitting. You know, it's just like everybody gets to be happy for a little bit in Hurley episodes. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah, ugh, Rose and Bernard, man. I, are we, okay. Are we going to know what Rose's deal is at some point? Uh, Yes. We are going to learn more about Rose. She's like, she's connected somehow. Yeah, we're going to learn more about Rose. Don't you worry. Again, like I said, she gets to be her own character finally. Really, starting in this season in in many ways. And we will learn more about her. Cool. So yeah, that's, uh, everybody hates Hugo. Man, I I can't believe it's only episode four. It feels like it's been a lot. So much has happened. That's what I was saying at the beginning of this episode is like, we needed a break from the action, and it's only episode four. <laughs> and even still, there was a ton of stuff dropped in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely slower paced than, you know, than it has been. But yeah, there there was still stuff in this episode. I don't know if you noticed during the dream sequence with Hurley. Uh, I guess you didn't notice anything was weird until Jin showed up. But the milk carton that he drinks out of has Walt's face on it. Oh, fuck. I missed like that. A, you know, like a missing child thing or whatever. Holy shit. Yeah. I meant to say that at the beginning and I forgot. Yeah, so we had, you know, there was a lot to learn in this episode still, but still pretty low stakes, being as it was a Hurley episode. Well, until he tried to blow up the food. Until he tried to blow up the food, and then it was like, whoa, whoa, buddy, back it up. Like, wow. Like, the fact that he saved some and scrolled it away, and that it was still, like, viable, I was like, man, he he really, that's, that's a hell of a thing to plan for, I guess. Yeah, he has a problem. He has a problem. So, okay. The reveal about the tail section, were you surprised that they were the tail section? Did you think that they were the others? So the others are different than tail section? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, again, we've had the discussion of like, what is an other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know that, we know that quote unquote others definitely existed before the plane crashed. So yes. Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not, it was not surprising, but exciting to see other survivors yeah it was it was it's still impactful even if it like it makes sense that they're still 
there with all the other like stuff they've dropped about the possible revival of the tail section. Right. But it was still really cool. I had I had some beef with my darling husband because he teased me for I guess the last episode. We were talking about who they might be and I presented you with the option that they could be the tail section. Ah. And he said that I should not have done that. But I want to clarify and moving forward, I'm going to be doing this, just as I have been the whole time. Whenever I present you with multiple options for, like, what could be going on, I am always only pulling from what were the, like, popular theories at the time. Okay. So, they will sometimes be the right answer. They will sometimes not be the right answer. But the reason I said, or they could be the tail section, is because that was, like, the buzz at the time, right? It was like, oh, I bet that's who they are. So... I wasn't trying to um, steer you in any direction. I was just making sure you knew that was also the buzz. But Ricky was like, you shouldn't have said that. Is that your Ricky voice? <laughs> you should have done that. You should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. So anyway. But yeah, just a reminder, I will be doing that going forward. Anytime we're presented with a crossroads and I'm like, it could be this or it could be this. I am purely saying those were the theories that people had at the time. Yeah, that's fair. Just a just a point of clarification for the audience and for Marshall. But mostly for Ricky. But mostly for Ricky. Never criticize me again. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, some some lingering points from this episode that are going to be, I think, a concern going forward. We're going to get some more development of Ana Lucia's character, and I've already kind of told you how I feel about her, so we'll see more of that. Yeah. Um, seeing her as a leader. Sawyer's shoulder is going to develop. <laughs> I sure hope they get to their doctor soon, right? Yeah. The Chernobyl-esque concrete that's been poured in the hatch. Yeah, I, ah, man, I'm really curious as if it's actually 8 to 10 feet of concrete or if there's some kind of, I, don't know, I hate to use the word magic, but some kind of uh, paranormal shit going on. If it's, like, impenetrable for some other reason other than just concrete? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a barrier beyond right. the physical. Just beyond like, that Just, like, man. getting off the... Beyond that of man. <laughs> uh, just, like, getting away from the island seems to be... Yeah. And approaching the island yeah. is, is, like, a paranormal barrier. Okay. I like the parallel that you draw there. Oh, the next episode is called dot 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 and found lost and found ah good one got any guesses shit uh i would i guess i'm just gonna have to go with my gut here and i'm gonna say it's gonna be a gin and sun episode okay we shall see we shall see next week no one in this show is named found right like I just <laughs> no you're safe you're safe there you're saying, no, wait, oh, shoot. I was going to do a very bad transition into the uh, Live Together Dialogue thing. Yeah, just do it. As if, as if the other ones have been better. You're safe as long as we remember that if we can't live together. <laughs> I've got to die alone. Good job. There we go. Oh, my God. Nailed it. Fucking nailed it. What a mess. Nailed it like Christ on the what cross. What a mess. Messy bitches. <laughs> Just a couple of messy bitches.